Welcome back to the Viking Update Show. And before we get into all the ugliness, all the worries, the stretch drive, whether the Vikings can actually come out of this with a playoff berth, John, I think we need to cut through all the fan complaining. And hey, everybody in my life is a Viking fan. I hear it. I've heard it. I heard it yesterday during the game. I heard it from my wife during the game. I heard it this morning from people I know. I know it was an ugly game. I know they should have scored more points. I know they have quarterback problems. I know they have injury problems. Let us not get too far past this moment without recognizing that in modern football, it is almost impossible to pitch a shutout. It doesn't happen. It hardly ever happens when it does. Sometimes it's in a mud fest. Sometimes you're playing a historically bad team. Uh, the Raiders aren't good, but they have Devontae Adams. They have Josh Jacobs. Uh, you know, they scored 17 points against a good chief defense the, the week before. To shut out an NFL team is an achievement, and we should be, give Brian Flores and his players full credit for that before we start complaining about the bad offense. Uh, hey, I, I agree with you, Jim, and I think it's a refreshing way to start because I'm sure that and we will get to the lamenting. We will get to kind of the dissecting of what has gone wrong for this team offensively. But I saw a stat on Twitter, I believe, where like in the last however many years, um, teams are one and 255 and like 11 if they only score three points in a game. And the Vikings are the one. And so that shows you how remarkable it was that the defense played the way that it did. And because not only Jim pitching the shutout, but how many times, and we've seen it this season as well, but how many times over the years have you seen a, a, a defense play lights out all game long, and then the opponent gets the, 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 the ball late in the game with a chance to go entire win, and they find just you know three or four plays to get down the field and make it happen because that's how difficult it is in the modern NFL to stop offenses. Like you, it, it really does only take two, three plays, a penalty, a pass interference, you know, something like that to get an offense rolling and get them in position to score either field goal or touchdown. And so to be able to sustain that effort from the first play of the game to the last play of the game and not literally not give up anything at all to an opponent. It was an absolutely remarkable performance by Brian Flores, by Ivan Pace, by Harrison Smith, by everyone on that team to be able to lock the Raiders down the way that they did on the road and literally just not even give up like two big plays on that last drive enough to, to, to give the Raiders more life, just a phenomenal effort by, by that group. Yes. And to reiterate Brian Flores. Yes. Daniel Hunter is a great player. He's got yeah. one great, great player who's in his prime on the defense. Then he's got a lot of guys who you got to coach them, right? If they're going to be effective, you have Harrison mm -hmm. Smith late in his career. You can't buy him a wonderful player, but he's not an all-star wonderful player. He's a wonderful you know, guy they found, uh, Ivan Pace, big performance. Josh Patelis, another big performance. Uh, you know, Evan's coming back off injury. Makai Blackman, uh, make, make it clear that he belongs in the league. This is not an all-star unit. Uh, what the, Brian Flores is doing is remarkable lately. And, and play, uh, since we'll get into more of this later, 
Cincinnati has been playing well without Joe Burrow, and they put up another big number against a team that they you know, probably should have lost to yesterday. We're talking here on Monday morning. But if there's any hope for the Vikings this Sunday, or this Saturday, before we find out which of their offensive players are actually healthy enough to play, is that Brian Flores is going up against another young quarterback, and that has been a win for the Vikings. Absolutely, it's been a win. Um, you, this is really a situation where he is coaching a team to heights that it is not built to achieve. I mean, you said it. You know, Ivan Pace, thirteen tackles, uh, the the big interception, uh, DJ Wanham, Troy Die. You know, Byron Murphy is is a, is a very good player. Um, there's just so many guys that are down, like lower draft picks, undrafted. Um, you know, and and they might be good players, but what is happening right now is Brian Flores is putting them in positions to succeed, really confusing opposing quarterbacks or overwhelming them or or both, and through scheme. And through attitude is just completely changing what this defense is capable of doing. And, you know, I just can't speak highly enough about it because I was not skeptical, but I was very much in the middle of the road of let's see what happens at the start of this season. Like all of the players were talking in training camp about what a difference it was with Brian Flores about, man, this is great to have this coach, you know, leading us this way and, and doing things the way that he's doing it. And I was like, okay, well, let's see Well, we saw. And we have seen most of the season, but certainly I do believe that the game in Las Vegas was sort of like the, the crown jewel so far, because yes, that Raiders offense is not the, the, the greatest show on turf, but they do have talent and any time that you can go on the road and shut an opponent down to the degree that they did, I mean, they just had zero chance to do anything. Um, they had a couple of plays here and there, but the Vikings always followed that up with uh, a fumble or a, a turnover or you know uh, a sack in a big spot to really stifle it. And it was just time and time again, and that it just had Brian Flores written all over it, that performance. And so just a, you know, just phenomenal for them and, and for this group and for a coach that certainly has been through the ringer in his career with some of the experiences that he's had and, 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 and all of that, it's been a, a remarkable season for him. And he, if he gets head coaching interviews in the off season, he certainly deserves it. Oh, no doubt about it. I'm just hoping they find a way to keep him around at least another year. Uh, hey, this is the Viking Update Show. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. We want to thank uh, Aquarius Home Services. We also want to thank Twill in the Dining Galleria, TSR Injury Law, Star Bank, and Tuttles. Uh, thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Thank you for listening. Best web way to listen to this show or any show at talknorth.com. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. We also have Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. We also have John Krasinski on the John Krasinski show about the surging Minnesota Timberwolves. We've got all the we've got a great sports lineup plus outdoor variety. Check us out. We do appreciate it. Also, check out the new Dawn of Sports show with Don Mitchell. Brian Robinson was our last guest. She's had a lot of NFL-related guests on that show as well. All right. So the offense. Um we're talking here on Monday morning. We don't know what the quarterback decision is going to be yet. I'm not sure it matters a whole lot 
I, I just think that Dobbs has played his way out of consideration. Mullins, just by giving them the one drive they needed to win the game, uh, did something for his resume. I'm still intrigued by Jaron Hall. Just a young guy who seemed to have a grasp of the offense, but it could also be mobile. Um, but I think Mullins has probably put himself at the top of the pyramid just by producing three points. Yeah, I mean, it, that's the thing. It's, you know, we're we're going to talk about Nick Mullins like, wow, what a performance or what a shot in the arm that he gave this offense. And he he did. He came in and he moved the chains. He got them where they needed to go. They got three points and that was it. But he, it's not like he lit the world on fire. I mean, he... He he did his job, but by virtue of it looking so inept pre prior to him coming in, it may I think we can grade on a curve and say amazing performance. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm very interested to see how Kevin O'Connell is going to go here because one of the questions that I had while I was watching Josh Dobbs play against the Raiders was why are there so many just straight dropbacks? Like what's, what's going on here? Is that the, is that what Kevin O'Connell is calling? Is that what Josh Dobbs wants? Like it just did not make a lot of sense, but if Kevin O'Connell just prefers to have a dropback quarterback, then I think it's Nick Mullins. Then I think he's the more traditional, you know, five step, three step and throw type of a quarterback. Whereas Hall has a little bit more of the mobility and uh, and and can improvise a little bit more maybe with his legs and but that does not seem to be what Kevin O'Connell wants right now out of his quarterback even though it was such a revelation to have Dobbs doing that in the first couple of weeks that he came over so I don't know exactly what Kevin O'Connell wants from his quarterback right now because it, I I was scratching my head often during the game about what exactly is the plan here and why is, does it not include more designed plays to take advantage of Dobbs mobility? Yes. Uh, which is what worked for Dobbs through the first two, two and a half games. Uh, and I really think, I mean, I think O'Connell's a good coach, yeah. but I think, I think the modern offensive coach is so invested in his intricate system that it's really hard for them to just say, okay, we're not going to do everything. We're not going to make you get, we're not going to ask you to get to the third read. We're not going to ask you, you know, just keep running around making plays. I, I think, I think O'Connell, once they got to a point where they, they knew that Dobbs knew the offense. And I, I think O'Connell went back saying, yeah, well, I want you to look, you know, I want you to go one, two, three, four reads before you think about scrambling. And, the way this offensive line is playing right now with Brian O'Neill, either, you know, whether it's because he's been injured or whether, whether he just was having a bad run, there's no time to make the third and fourth read. So they were doing better off of Dobbs in his one, two run mode rather than his one, two, three, four. Okay. Now I'm trapped in the pocket mode. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, and, and this is where I don't, I just don't know. Because I do, th I agree with you. I think Kevin Kevin O'Connell is a very smart coach. I think that he has a good handle on how to lead an offense. And so, what I don't know is, it, yeah, was this what he designed, and is this what he wanted, or is there a part of Josh Dobbs who's saying, "Hey, I've got to show that I'm not just a runner." 
that I, you know, that I can do more than just kind of pull a rabbit out of a hat when I'm scrambling around and, 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 and make plays down the field that, that if I'm going to be a long-term starting quarterback in this league, I've got to be able to pick defenses apart and do it that way. So I, I don't know if we're going to get an honest answer from anyone about, about that dynamic. Um, but I do think it is possible that O'Connell is a very prideful coach and believes in his system to such a degree that instead of putting a player in who sort of flies by the seat of his pants and creates something out of nothing sometimes, he wants a more predictable runner of the offense and not runner, but like someone who executes the offense the way that he wants it done. And so that maybe is Nick Mullins. Maybe it is Jaron Hall too, with just kind of the experience that he's had just being in full off season program and training camp, maybe has a better feel for it, but um, it just doesn't, it, 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 watching the game yesterday just didn't make sense to me what the heck was going on out there. And so all that is to say that, you know, not a newsflash or anything, but I don't think we're seeing Dobbs again. It's just a matter of like, which one does he pick for the rest of the season? My, my gut says that he's going to go Nick Mullins, Jim. I just think that that's the, the more safe, predictable type of a guy who will get in and do things the way that Kevin O'Connell wants them to be done. True. All true. Agreed. All right. Let's get to uh, some specific offensive problems and injuries next. Uh, we do want to let you know where you're coming to from the Aquarius Home Services Studios, and we want to thank Aquarius Home Services. Ho, ho, ho. The holiday season is here, and so are the cold winter temps. Is your old, worn-out furnace keeping you warm? Aquarius Home Services is here to help keep you cozy all year long with our holiday super sale. Give your home a cozy, comfy, worry-free upgrade and enjoy 25% off a new whole home heating and cooling system. Visit AquariusHomeServices.com today and schedule your free in-home consultation. Aquarius, earning the right to be recommended. I also want to tell you about the place I buy all my clothes, Twill in the Edina Galleria, twillmn.com. Twill is a nationally recognized boutique retailer located in Edina's premier Galleria shopping center. Great place to go during the holidays. They always have live music and uh, decorations. It's just a beautiful place, great places to eat. I highly recommend checking it out. Uh, Twill offers a wide array of high-quality garments. Twill can dress you for every occasion, from the boardroom on Monday morning to the hockey rink and youth soccer field on the weekends. Uh, we look forward to seeing you at Twill, and they actually do. They remember your name. Uh, they have a lot. You know, most of their clientele, I think, are people who've been coming back for years because they're treated so well. And and here's what I'll say: um, I always associated nicer clothes and dressing up with being uncomfortable. You know, the neck tie a little too tight, the collar a little too tight, uh, the, the the suit that doesn't fit your shoulders, uh, the pants that droop, the uh, the shoes that are pinching. Uh, you're always reminded you're a big event because your feet hurt. Uh, what that's what I love about Twill is everything feels comfortable right away, or they don't want you to buy it, and they'll find you something better. Uh, my suit fits. They will tailor uh, for you. Uh, the shoes are comfortable the first time you wear them. Everything you wear is comfortable the first time you wear them, or they don't want you walking out in them. I associate, now associate my nicer clothes with my more comfortable clothes. I never expected that to be the case. So check out twillandmen.com. Uh, great for your, for buying clothes that will last you a lifetime. 
great for Christmas gifts. People will appreciate you going to a premier shop to give you a Christmas present. TwillMN.com. Check them out. Also want to let you know that all you need to know about TSR Injury Law is the number 612-TSR-TIME. If you're injured and you need a lawyer, you need a good one, you need an ethical one, you need someone who will put up a great fight for you, Twill will not charge you unless they win your case, and they win a lot of cases. 612-TSR-TIME. All right, on to the offensive woes. Regardless of who plays quarterback, Brian O'Neill had been in a slump. Now he has an ankle injury. Justin Jefferson comes back for 13 plays, has an internal chest injury. Uh, Jalen Naylor ends up with a concussion. Uh, Ed Ingram comes off the field, which is a, a rarity. Uh, this is not good. Uh, and I know, <laughs> I, I mean, the Bengals don't scare you without Joe Burrow, but they're still putting up points. I don't know how this offense is going to function under, uh, with these losses. Yeah, not good is a is a good way to put it, Jim. Um, just injuries left and right. Now, one thing, take it for what it's worth, but pro, you know, right before we recorded, um, I was listening to Paul Allen, um, the the Vikings play by play guy, and uh, he said that he could see Justin Jefferson playing on Saturday against the Bengals. Remember, it's a Saturday game, so they have less than less time to to get prepared. But um, Paul does not usually just throw stuff out there like that. Um, if he doesn't have some sort of feel for it, I'm not saying that he's been told that or he's reporting it, but um, but I do look to him sometimes for kind of reading the temperature of the water with some of this stuff. And he, he said that he's sure that, that JJ will be motivated to play against his old teammate, Jamar chase and, and will be pushing to be ready to go. Could absolutely could be the case, but I also, we, we both saw, I mean, the hit was legit. Um, and yes, and he was in a lot of pain. And so with, even with one less day to get ready, that's going to be difficult with Brian O'Neill was in a walking boot coming out of the game, according to reports, reporters are there on the scene. Um, and so will he be ready to go in, 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 um, in five days and should he play, even if he is, as you were saying, like he was in a bit of a slump before the injury or while he was dealing with other injuries. And so is he healthy enough to play um, and be effective there? And so when you're looking at an offense that just had to pull three points out of its rear end at the end of a game to win, um, that was terrible against the bears. Um, that was not very good against Denver. And how do you generate points is it even against a Cincinnati team that is not great. How does this offense generate points? with the 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 lack of rhythm and also all of the injuries that they have had over the last several weeks i i don't know what's going to happen here i don't know how um they pull things together and get to a place where you think they can score what do you figure on the road usually it's going to take 20 21 points maybe to beat the Bengals maybe so. more i mean they're playing and, well yeah. so and they, yeah the Bengals is Torched the Colts, who were actually mm -hmm. been playing good defense lately. So it's you gotta have the numbers probably gonna have to start with a two. I don't know how they get there. Yep, yeah, it's that's that's the tough thing. So, um, and you know these are all you know now the margin for error is gone, right? I mean the Packers are coming up right on their heels. Uh, they are in a fight for playoff spot, and they have to win all of these games. And um, I don't feel real confident in how they're gonna do that. 
Next topic, Alexander Madison and bad timing. We want to let you know that big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about Starbank. Starbank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family-owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at Starbank, and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be, a throwback to the good days. Mobile app check, convenient services, you got it. Check out Starbank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with the local community bank that cares. Starbank.net, member FDIC and equal housing lender. We also want to thank Tuttle's and Tuttle's family of restaurants and entertainment centers uh, who sponsor so many of our live shows. Tuttle's is your Vikings headquarters for the best football party. They have great game day specials on Miller Lite and Coors Light tap beer. Tall stadium cups for just five bucks. Plus $5 food specials, including brats, hot dogs, jumbo sloppy joes, and pulled pork sandwiches. If pizza's your thing, get five bucks off any large pizza. Tuttle's has cool game day giveaways too, including a free number board with your chance to win a $100 gift card. Take in all the Viking game food, fun, and festivities at Tuttle's, Tuttle's Bar and Grill in Hopkins. Go Vikes! And again, best way to listen to this show or any show you like at talktowork.com, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. Also, thank you to our producer, Brandon Morton. Alexander Madison, I feel like he's, he finally got it going. Uh, he was, you know, applying his power running in the right way. He was giving me a running game they desperately needed at a time when Ty Chandler uh, seems to be a little disappointing and Wang Wu ends up, looks like somebody they don't really trust. And then Madison sprains his ankle. So uh, really bad time for him, really bad timing for the team. Yeah, I mean, he, he was 10 for 66 uh, on, on Sunday. And against the Raiders, he had 10 for 52 against the Bears and he had 18 for 81 against Denver. Um, So really productive over these last three games. And it was to the point where it kind of we're going the opposite direction of like, you know, earlier in the season is like, gosh, there's too much Madison. Why are they where they wake? wasting their time now it was to the point of why aren't they running madison more yes give him the ball like he he's he's the one reliable option on the offense to 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 get yards and to move the sticks and so that's where it had been going so i i don't we'll see how bad that injury is and and what it looks like as the week progresses and certainly as the rest of the month progresses but if you take him out of this lineup right now uh he is like one of the very few reliable players in terms of being productive down to down. And so um, it is unfortunate for him because he was playing well. He did weather the criticism that he faced earlier in the season. He bounced back strong and he earned a bigger role than I think even that he was getting in, in, in the offense. And now everything's up in the air with him again. No doubt about it. And, uh, Ty Chandler had the one breakout game and he hasn't done much since that's a red flag to me. I mean, he had, this is, this was his chance to really do something. And I don't know, maybe he's, you never know, maybe he's nursing the injury, but the passion he ran with uh, earlier in the season, I'm just not seeing it right now. Well, yeah. And, and here's the one thing, Jim, that we often don't sort of acknowledge is, you know, when you're looking at, a roster and what's happening on the field and, and, and productive players and non-productive players and all of this in general, I know we don't want to often give coaches credit for this. And certainly fans don't want to, but in general, if a coach is not playing a certain player, it's not because the coach is a raving idiot and just does not see what 
all of us very smart journalists and fans see of like, how can you not play this player over this player? Like there's usually a very good reason for it. And generally it has to deal with the player that is playing in the coach's eyes gives them the best chance to win. There are times when a, when a coach can be stubborn, when, when they, they, they have, you know, there's other political things involved or, you know, financial or, or draft pick related or things like that. But especially in the NFL, it seems like they're generally like, there's not a, this coach hates, doesn't like this player and doesn't want to see him succeed. And so they're going with the other guy. It's usually like, you know what? This guy has, gives us the best chance to win this week. And that's all I'm worried about. And so while we debated Ty Chandler versus Alexander Madison earlier in the season, maybe it was pass blocking. Maybe it was just sort of seeing the, 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 the running lanes, um, there had to be some other factors that were leading to Kevin O'Connell, Wes Phillips, everyone else choosing to continue to give Madison the featured role. And it isn't that these coaches are idiots and do not see Ty Chandler's overwhelming talent over Alexander Madison's. That's not the answer. Um, and, and so Maybe that's part of it as well as just, you know, um, Ty Chandler could be streaky, could be a little bit unreliable, could be um, all sorts of different things. And Madison uh, is just the more consistent player. And that's why they've stuck with him as long as they did. Yeah, it uh, looks like that is the case. Uh, Madison didn't do him any, himself any favors early in the season with some nope. fumbles and some drops, but. Uh, they know they they do trust him. That's one of the reasons they were willing to let Dalvin Cook go and not sign a premier runner is because they actually trust Madison in terms of grasping the offense, picking up blitzes, being in the right place at the right time. There's big there's value in that. Now the way he's running, he, he's kind of justifying their original decision. Although now I would say it looks like they need more running back depth. True, uh, but we'll see how that works out. You know, running backs also the most unpredictable. Uh, position in the league because we you see people pop up and have great games and never hear from them again so they just need somebody to pick that spot and whether it's uh Wong Wu or Chandler do that on Saturday at Cincinnati uh let's get to how fascinating this division has become the Lions are back ever since the Lions became celebrated as one of the great teams in the league they've been backsliding their defense is not playing well they just got their butts kicked by the Bears the Packers are surging the Bears are surging the Vikings are battling injuries to try to hang in there. Uh, all of a sudden, this 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 four tiered division feels like it's one big mud ball. It just feels like things are compressing. It is, and and I that's kind of what this league is designed to do, right? It's like yep. close games, you know, have um, ebbs and flows, and 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 make this thing as as tight as possible going down the stretch into December. And mission accomplished. Now you look at um, like I look at green Bay's schedule, Jim, they have, you know, they have the giant, we're recording this on Monday. They have the giants Monday night. Um, then they have Tampa so, fine team, but nothing, yeah, but not, nothing really to worry, worry too much about in there. And the Buccaneers are at Lambeau. Then they're at Carolina at Minnesota, Chicago to close. That's a pretty light schedule, um, yep. to, to finish this thing off. And so, in some ways, you just wonder if they've all of a sudden weathered their early season struggles and might be in the in, in the driver's seat. 
because the Lions, they play Denver next week and, and the Broncos are playing really well right now. Then they come to Minnesota. Then they go to Dallas. And then they then they host the Vikings in the last game of the season. That is a really tough schedule. So I think this thing is wide open right now. And um, I don't expect the Bears to kind of come back up and, and, and get in and get into that. But maybe they can somehow assert themselves into the into the into the playoff field, into the wild card field. But um, but I think that this is now a three horse race um, between the Lions, Vikings and Packers. And maybe the Packers have a little bit of the inside track with the, the way their schedules shape out. Yes. And it's also I credit the NFL for the scheduling because now you can imagine all kinds of different scenarios for the Vikings last three games against three division foes and their two primary foes right now. They get Green Bay at home. If they beat Green Bay at home, gives them the tiebreaker on the Packers. That's a big game. Two games with the Lions, it's easy to say, oh, they're not going to be able to beat them. The league is so unpredictable. Who knows? We're going to have a month. And the Bengals, very admirably, have hung in there without Joe yeah. Burrow. Uh, this is going to be a great month of football. It's going to be awesome. Um, right down the stretch, there's going to be nail-biting, um, you know, all that stuff. It's going to be great. And, you know, how about how about this kind of irony as well, Jim? When, you, when they play Cincinnati on Saturday – one of the reasons that they're still afloat is they have Jake Browning at quarterback who was on the Vikings roster. Yes. And yes. and like you look at all of the QB issues that they are, the Vikings are going through. And meanwhile, there's this guy over here who has stepped into Cincinnati and is has that offense humming. And and they've scored 34 points in back-to-back games now. So uh just wild. It's just it's crazy how this stuff all works out. And it's what makes the league super fun, is you know. There aren't any more you, you kind of those just dominant teams, um, you know, the Cowboys of the of the 90s, you know, the, the Niners of the 80s, the Steelers of the 70s. You know, those teams, you know, are the, the, the way that the, the league has been designed through collective bargaining agreements, through through all these things is for parity. And that means that maybe you don't necessarily have the all-time great teams as often anymore. But you know what? You have a situation where the Green Bay Packers were absolutely dead and buried you know, five weeks ago, and now they might win the division. And so that kind of yo-yoing is very compelling for fans. It makes for great entertainment in football and, uh, and on the screen in December. And I think that's a win for, for the league. No doubt. Uh, it's, fa- it's a fascinating league. And while there isn't, you know, the, the team that you know is going to win the Super Bowl, I, there are the good teams are good enough to add intrigue. The bad teams aren't so bad that they're helpless. And all these teams like the Vikings are in the middle. Just every game means something. Uh, and that's what the NFL legislated to their credit. They know how to run a business. Whatever. I have had a million complaints about the NFL in a different million different ways over the years, but they know entertainment man they know how to make the season interesting absolutely it's uh it, it's too it's their their biggest strength and you know i the, the nba is kind of the league that i spend more of my time with and i think they're starting to get to a more of a point of parody which i think yep. is good but they have been very much more reluctant to embrace that kind of thing they believe that you know, it's the dynasty teams that that attract the the biggest audiences and things. And sometimes they're right about it. Uh, but what the NFL has really understood 
is that you need to devise a product where every fan base in every market believes that they are not that far away from contention and that once you get into the playoffs, literally anything can happen. And that has resulted in a following that is so fervent and so just um, passionate uh, because no one feels like they're completely lost. And, and even if you're having a bad year or a bad couple of years, you're a couple of draft picks away, you're a couple of free agent signings away, you're a couple of slips from teams above you away from getting right back into it. And I think that's a great design and we're seeing it all unfold once again this year. And it may make for some nervousness around purple land, but um, that's what keeps everyone watching. And let's be honest. It's, it's this way in every market. Yep, uh, absolutely. Every market, every market is absolutely invested in their NFL team. Every market rightly feels they are maybe one draft pick, one year, one coaching change away from being competitive. I mean, the worst teams in the league are like Carolina and Chicago. Chicago's hot right now. Yeah. <laughs> and has and might be fi- might be finding out that Justin Fields is their guy and they've got a million draft picks coming. And Carolina had the number one pick last year and just uh, we don't know whether he's any good or not, but we certainly know they haven't handled them well. But they have a defense and they have a running game. Uh, if they could put, I mean, nobody's ever helpless, which is a great thing because um, I, I a lot of people consider me a baseball guy because I covered the Twins for so long. But one thing I hate about baseball is they encourage franchises to shut down and be non-competitive for long stretches. It's terrible for the game. It's terrible for the marketing of the game. It's terrible for. Uh, you know, the home team that has to have that team come in, know they're going to generate zero interest in the fan base. NFL and the NBA are much better at those things. Without question. It's, it's not even close. And I mean, you look at the Oakland athletics now, soon to be Vegas athletics. You look at, um, you know, the Royals, the there's, there, there are teams that have been non-competitive for a very long time and have no means of becoming competitive. And that is not the case both in the NBA and in the NFL. And, um, and, and so what you need to foster with your, with your fan bases in, in every market that you're in is some sort of belief that within a couple of years, things could turn. Otherwise you just become a graveyard. And, um, and that's unfortunately been the case in baseball for a while. Um, and not certainly the exact opposite in the NFL. Look at the Bengals were, were just garbage for a long time. And now they're maybe one of the teams where you look at that are constructed really well and, and, and shaped well for the future. Like that's the kind of stuff that, that you look at and just say, uh, this league does it the right way. Let's make our pick. Thanks to everyone who listens. Thanks to all of our sponsors. We do appreciate it. Who do you like Saturday? I, I think I am going to take the Bengals. I've taken the Vikings probably like seven weeks in a row now. It it feels like, um, but it just it I just don't know how they score enough points um, this week. When you look at the the injuries that they have, the short week, uh, the questions at quarterback, um, all of those things, it's how do they get to 21 points and you know and they may need a lot more than that the way that the Bengals offense is playing but i'm tr- i'm using a benchmark of with the way the defense is playing can you get to 21 points and i just don't know that they can 
So my guess is, or my thinking is, it's probably like 24 to 13, 17 for the Bengals because I just don't know how this offense scores enough. I think it's going to be a weird defensive game. Uh, could even be bad weather. I'm going to pick Bengals 19 to Vikings 11. I have no idea how either team gets to either number, but it's going to get weird. It just is. Uh, and the Vikings' third quarterback of the day is going to try to pull off a great comeback. Uh, it's just, it's hey, uh, I'll, I'll say to my wife, to my friends, to everyone who's grumbling, enjoy the shutout. They're <laughs> rare. You may never see one again. Exactly. Yep. That was that was something that you know we may never see again. We may never want to see again. We may so never that, want to see it again. It's, but yeah, it's it's, bon- it's a bonus. Yes, absolutely. No doubt. Thanks to John. Thanks to Brandon. Thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. Go find shows you like. Subscribe to them, and we'll be back next week to tell you how they did in Cincinnati.